As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing Better watch the way you're going, better go in the right direction In the moment you're stressing, but you're gonna be counting blessings And I know that for certain, keep on working, open curtains Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version Whoa. I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is my road Let's camera action, I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. yeah this is my road Let's camera action You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM Your home for community radio Harry, thanks so much, and good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, I'm here with Jesse Turner, and uh, we're going to talk about an event that's taking place on on Wednesday. It's really remembering, remembrance, and celebration as well, as well as kind of inspiration. As you know, April 4th, is, uh, 50 years ago, an event happened that some would consider to be a death, others would consider to be a state-sanctioned assassination, others would consider to be just a pivotal point in terms of what humanity uh, has been, will be, and uh, what we can be in the future as we kind of reflect on April 4th, 1968. And Jesse Turner is here with us to talk about, if you really want to kind of become more actively involved or kind of think about or just get, be engaged on Wednesday, April 4th, at the outside of the, uh, the state Supreme Court across from the state, from the Connecticut State Capitol, there's going to be an event taking place, Jesse. Yes, there is. So, We're going to be gathering at the Supreme Court at 4 o'clock. We got a bunch of events that day from four to seven. Please come out. So we're going to spend the, the show, Jess. We're not going to rush through it because just to talk about what's taking place on April 4th. And then we all even just indicated prior to coming on air that we're going to have a follow-up show. And as we think about Martin Luther King and even before Martin Luther King and, and then after Martin Luther King, because there is, we can think about significant historical figures, but we each, each one of ourselves, we are each an individual historical agent. So what is your kind of, uh, who, what will people be saying about you 50 years from now? We were kind of chatting about that that earlier. So we all have a legacy, whether it's archived or documented, but we're going to talk about Martin Luther's legacy, but also how it kind of relates to to your legacy as you, as you live and breathe, regardless of your age, regardless of where you are on the planet today. So on April, this Wednesday, what's going to take place? On this Wednesday at 4 o'clock, a coalition of clergy, do justice, labor, uh, educators, and civil rights activists will gather at the Connecticut Supreme Court in a remember Dr. King's day. And we will gather there for about a half hour, walk right over to the legislative building. And, and it will probably a, a, at least 1,000, maybe 2,000 of us there. That's a single file metal detector. It's going to take us a long time to get mm-hmm, inside, but mm-hmm. we're going inside. Mm-hmm. And when we're inside... We're going to go, we're going over to the legislative chamber. And once we're over there, we're going to do a moment of silence. And we're going to have key people talk about uh, quotes from Dr. King's last speech. And then it's marched right outside because the healthcare workers in Connecticut are ready to go on strike and have a candlelight vigil. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we remember that Dr. King was in Memphis yes. for labor. He was there because sanitation workers said, I am a man. He was there because two sanitation workers were murdered in one of those sanitation trucks. He wasn't supposed to go there. Mm-hmm. It was a sidetrack, but Dr. King was always there for labor, and labor's going to show up on Wednesday. And, and I appreciate and, and labor, and many of us have been laboring, whether you're a member of a union or not a member of the union, or whether and some of us have had 
our ancestors and fathers and grandfathers have had difficulties even getting into unions. So labor kind of have a, and obviously people sometimes equate uh, slavery with labor. So even just the word labor, Jesse, uh, really kind of brings a, a lot of connotations to mind. So we are in a way laboring in the vineyards and, and to be sure that you're not uh, picked as a, as a, as a product, but, but to be sure that you're kind of helping to invest seeds in this, uh, 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 garden of life is really important. And again, that's what April 4th kind of provides uh, people to kind of invest in our futures and also to invest in yourself. And also it's the rumor has it, uh, Jesse, but I think it's a credible theory that activism brings, brings health and, and, and well-being to yourself. And so, so, uh, so on that note, it's at four o'clock. Um, are young people invited? Oh, we want the young people there front and center. I think we've got a couple of buses coming from Middletown from middle school kids mm-hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be front and center because the young people right now, if there is a a shining light in this nation right now, it's all those young people marching for lives. You know, I'm I'm just proud of them. And they're standing up in the way that Dr. King would call people to stand up. And and we've we've seen uh, terms of the, you may have seen the terms of some of the publicity regarding April 4th and and, and MLK and the civil rights movement, but the, the pivotal role of, of young people, uh, certainly there were several stages during the so-called, uh, so-called civil rights movement. I say so-called because every moment since uh, 1619 has been a civil rights uh, uh, activities has taken place. But we see the role, we've seen historically the significant role of, of, of young people, particularly when we've, we've gotten to these crisis moments. So, you know, we have Birmingham, we have Selma, uh, in terms of the young people being involved, obviously the, the uh uh, lunch counter situation. So any comment on that about the role of young people, Jesse? Sure. Uh, I think they're a pivotal light in the night. When, when, when It's like a beacon in the dark because when the young people rise up, then you know you have traction. It takes a lot to mm-hmm. get a young person's attention mm-hmm. because they're busy. They're living their life. As old people, we have time to waste and time to march and time to do things. Lots of time to think. But when you catch... The young people, and it's it's well known that when Boo Connor had arrested everybody that could be arrested, every adult, and they thought that they had it solved, then those young people, those high school students came out, and he called out the warden cannons, he called out the dogs, and the young people stood up strong. Pete Seeger even mentions it in his song, We Shall Overcome, the one version that he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, really, really key. And we're not going to be nostalgic again. So again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin show and Jesse Turner is with us. Jesse, you, you've been teaching at Central Connecticut State University for, should I put you on blast? How, how many? How many years? 20 years. For, 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 for 20 years. And you have your doctorate in? Uh, literacy. And, and when, and I, I love, so let's just take a moment and kind of chat about what does that mean? A doctorate in literacy, because we, we know about media, we've heard this term media literacy. We know about historical amnesia. Uh, but sometimes we forget about actually just the, the, the basic reading and writing and interpreting signs and symbols and, and the connotations of words. So your, your thesis was on what is to kind of go, go down memory lane. Did you? Yeah, my, my thesis was on the role of culture as the invitation to literacy. So I was on the Tohono Reservation. And what we did, we shifted the curriculum. We asked students, what would you like to learn about? And my native students said, we like to learn about our language, our culture, mm-hmm. and our heritage. We shifted the curriculum, and guess what? Kids who didn't like to read, kids who didn't want to read, kids who didn't care about doing well in school became shining stars. And we documented they went from a 50% retention rate in high school to a 97.6. And we always say 
that that other little piece after the 97 was because one of the students moved away and we couldn't <laughs> find him. But my suspicion is he graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And and you, and the fast forward, you're involved with a literacy center of sorts at, at Central. Yes. Uh, I'm the director of the Central Connecticut State Literacy Center. Well, we provide probably about a quarter of a million free tutoring by fully certified teachers who are taking a practicum course in our program. And, and one of the things we like to do there, kids are really beaten down, uh, Tom. When, when they're learning to read right now, we've turned it into some kind of robot piece. Mm. It's not liberating. It's not exciting. So when they come into the center, we make sure that reading is powerful, that students understand that it's transformation of life. And you, you asked a little bit about literacy, and I would say, depending on who you learn to read from, Mm. You could either be domesticated or liberated. Mm. And mm. no greater example of that was in Frederick Douglass. When Mrs. Maud, his mistress, who started to teach him the ABCs, mm-hmm. and when the master, her husband, found out that she was teaching Frederick Douglass to sleep, all hell broke loose and the lessons ended. And Frederick Douglass became the, the teacher of his own literacy. But I mean, it was because Miss Maud and the master, that slave master knew, you know, it doesn't matter if you think you're teaching them to domesticate them. If you once you learn to read, Frederick Douglass said you're forever free. So I'm really for me, literacy is about liberation. And I think we should be careful because so much of school today is about a literacy for domestication. Indeed. Well, that's that might be another show, Jesse, but, but it's so important for you to say that because you're in my mind, you're uh, on April 4th, your attempt that you're going to be successful in, in manifesting a particular event that talks about literacy, liberation and remembrance. There's a, there's a connection between what you read, what you think, how you feel. uh, And also the data that you take in as you continue to pick up a newspaper, look at TV, look at a movie, look, look at a, 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 a sit in and view a play, et cetera. So this literacy, uh, is is a broad term, but also has impact when we think of the social dynamics, the political and psychological dynamics in, involved. Particularly, in April fourth gives us a chance about how will young people remember the Martin Luther King fifty years from now? Fifty years ago, he was assassinated, but how will he be remembered fifty years from now? And if there's not adequate and cogent and professional and also sens- culturally sensitive literacy teaching, he will not be remembered, uh, and he will not won't, won't be as, as as inspiring as he should be. And we we know about Dr. King that there's sort of a whitewashing of history of Dr. King. Mm-hmm. This country is very comfortable with a civil rights Dr. King. They're not comfortable with a Dr. King that stood up against a military economy. They're not comfortable with a Dr. King that asked for economic justice, even racial justice. They were comfortable with the voting rights, and I would question that as well. Dr. King was a radical revolutionary who proposed uh, a poor people's campaign. And let us not forget that Bishop Selda's Immoral Mondays will be there on Wednesday because this is a recommit, not just a remembering Dr. King, but Moral Mondays community is showing up on Wednesday because the members of Moral Monday are saying we shall continue Dr. King's, you know, war on poverty. This is a people's campaign. Reverend Barber calls us mm-hmm. and says this is the greatest moral endeavor of our lifetime. So, yes, uh, radical Dr. King is what we should be teaching in school. 
Uh, and that's the way I see it. That's that liberation, you know, literacy. And and if I can, and I concur with you tremendously, if I, if I could put on my theological hat for a second, it's not that I'm um, uh, branded or that I have a credential that enables me to say this, but I think I can just use it. Well, I can use the word love in, in a secular sense. Uh, we know that all, many of our wisdom texts, almost all of our, all of, I'll dare say, all of our wisdom texts, some of them that are discovered and still yet to be discovered, that word love and the translation of love kind of permeates the, the whole ethos of what these wisdom texts is all about. So uh, when you say Dr. King was a radical, I would say he was just a, a love a love maker. Well, if we think about something, look at who's in the White House right now. Uh, for me, <laughs> hate resides in our White House at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump's father was arrested at a Klan rally in 27 opposing a Catholic candidate in the Democratic Party. Now, he always claims it wasn't his father. It was his uncle who wasn't born yet. But in any event, I believe that love is as radical as you can get. Mm-hmm. Think about mm-hmm. it. Last mm-hmm. night, John mm-hmm. Legend was on TV. Mm-hmm. They reenacted. They did a live performance of Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. And, and what more radical life than a king who says, turn the other cheek? What more radical life than a king that says, put down the sword, love thy neighbor as you love thyself? If there's anything that can transform the world, mm. it's love. Mm. Mm. Uh, again, this is the Tom Ficklin Show, and Jesse Turner is with us. On Wednesday, something's taking place in, 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 uh, in Hartford. Jesse, what is that? Well, on Wednesday, we are having a We Remember rally, and, and it will start at the Connecticut Supreme Court at 4, move over to the legislative building, probably about 4.30, and we'll end with a candlelight vigil. But can I say something why we No, pick? you can't, Jess. You, oh, no, you, we no, can't. You can't. But, Harry, can you say something? We'll have, have a vote. This is what a, do you think, This Harry? is a democracy. Maybe we'll, let's hear a little bit, and then we'll hit the beeper button if, okay. if we don't. Go, go, we, go, go forth. All right. We chose the Connecticut Supreme Court for a specific reason. Mm. Because Lady Justice, mm-hmm. they always blindfold her. Yes. And you know what? I say they blindfold her because they took that blindfold off her. She would see that her courts have oversaw three-fifths of a human being, mm. Jim Crow. And not only this Supreme Court in this state has decided that this state is only responsible for minimal Basic education to black, brown, poor, and special education. That's a 2018 verdict. So we're starting there because this Mm -hmm. Supreme Court has to be put on notice. You are not doing the people's business. You're protecting the wealthy, the powerful, and the connected. So, yeah, we're starting there at 4 o'clock, and I'm going to be railing against (laughs) that justice lady and say, take the blindfold off. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesse, tell, Sharon, I appreciate you're your, your putting that in, in the context. Absolutely. We know about various supreme, the importance of national Supreme Court and also our state Supreme Courts. And, and also we, we referenced the uh, 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 Chef versus O'Neill versions one, two, three, four, five, And then the, the recent kind of case that was uh, kind, kind of uh, thrown out, if you will, about educational equity and the, and the Connecticut Constitution kind of th- theoretically guaranteeing equitable education and all these things so intersect so, so well with what MLK uh, symbolizes and, and I think still lives and breathes in us. It's our, it's our duty to kind of uh, continue to breathe for him, to, to act for him, to, to be in, in behalf of, to act in behalf of him and then to be, to act on behalf of yourself and collective, collective humanity. If we look at our 
of public schools, Tom. It's not only Connecticut. We've been doing this for a little over 170 years. And Horace Mann, the first Secretary of Education from Massachusetts, visited 6,000 schools over, over six years. And at the end of it, what could he attest to? He said there is a vast inequity in all our schools. And I would say to you from day one, injustice and inequity have been the dominating factors in our public schools. So no matter what method, no matter what reform, no matter what compromise the Supreme Court comes over, because when I think about Sheffield versus O'Neill, I have to say, isn't that the typical Supreme Court compromise? We'll save 25% of those black and brown children. The other 75, well, you know, you know, someday down the line. What's, and again, this is the Tom Ficklin Show. I'm chatting with, with Jesse Turner. We're primarily focusing on Wednesday, April 4th, uh, remembering the, the importance of that, and not just remembering from a nostalgia standpoint or a reflective standpoint, but from a proactive standpoint as well. I think as you've alluded, whether it's someone in the White House, whether it's someone in your home, whether it's someone on your job that's irritating you, there, there could be in this 2018 uh, point in, in, in time that there's a, so many things that kind of keep people upset, depressed, uh, aggravated, sad about, and how do we kind of find our our holistic healing? And April 4th uh, at the Supreme Court, what, something's going to take place, I think, that will help to kind of revive you. Uh, we had Easter on on on, uh, on Sunday, also Passover. So regardless of your religious or ideological perspective, I think it, it, it's clear that we all have to kind of reach out and find some ways to kind of inspire and, and, just, and, and begin to commune with one another. Exactly. You know, this is the time to come up for the rise. And yes, if you're a person of Christian faith, you can say that the stone was rolled away and that he has risen. I would say that the two women's marches, I've been at both of them, <laughs> women are rising. Mm-hmm. I would say when I saw these young people and I went to Hartford and I marched with them and I saw them in D.C., I would say that young people are rising. And let us remember that April 4th, is part of the Poor People's Campaign mm-hmm. in 37 states. Yes. Moral Mondays people will be rising. We will be in Memphis, mm-hmm. Memphis, where Dr. Mm-hmm. King was murdered, in Memphis, where he went for labor. We will be in all of those places once again where Dr. King walked and talked. So I say, come on up for the rise. <laughs> All right. Be, be, be levitated. If not resurrected, mm-hmm. at least be, be levitated and, and inspired because uh, we can be lifted up by kind of recognizing that we even just, Jesse, you and I, if I can include you in this comment coming in here today, we, we walked in on people's shoulders. I mean, you know, metaphorically, right. but also maybe energetically. We, we, were, able, we were able to, we, we, we perhaps, if I could be a little personal again, to say publicly that we've uh, the reason we may be alive is because of other people that have that have kind of inspired us. We talked about that a little, little bit before, whether we're conscious of those folks that have held us up or, or not. Yes, uh, I'm certainly held up. I'm the only son in my family, so I have three sisters. They were smarter, they were brighter than me. One is 12 years older, one is 10 years older, one is eight, and she has since left us in this world and gone to glory. But I will tell you, Tom, that they were the ones that took me to school. They were the ones that made sure I got ready. They made sure I had homework. And they were the smartest girls in the school. When it came time for them to graduate, they said, be secretaries. Hmm. When it came time Hmm. for the dumb brother to go, the little (laughs) football player, they said, you go to college. Hmm. So, yes, I've been lifted on the shoulders. I've been lifted on the shoulders of a single mother. I've been lifted on the shoulders of my grandfather. I've been lifted on the shoulders for so many, so long. And my hope is that I could just 
lift some people a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5, and we're, we're really through the uh, good graces of Paul and, 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 and Harry broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We're also streaming live on, on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. What I really love is also we're streaming live video on Facebook Live. and Just go to Facebook.com uh, slash New Haven Independent or just go to your Facebook page and, and, and look us up. Um, you know, just when you mention Moral Mondays, Bishop Selders, April, we're having the great event on April 4th, but there's a context. And you mentioned Reverend Barber, who was here recently at Patel Chapel. So the, the Moral Monday move, I mean, there's, t- tell us about the longevity. This is, this has been going on for a while, but it, it's going to continue. You mentioned the Poor People's Campaign. Give people a little feel. If they can't make it April 4th, I don't want them to feel that they've missed out. Oh, you're not missing out. Uh, Reverend Barber has been calling for a moral revival. Really, we're, we're, we're tired of remembering Dr. King's work. We want to do Dr. King's mm, work. Mm, There's a legacy, a legacy mm. of love means you continue to spread the love. You continue to do the good work. So Reverend Barber has been reminding us for years now. And the first time I heard Reverend, Reverend Barber was in 2012 in Selma at the AMC mm. church. And I was moved. And he's been calling us to do the work. Yes. And it, it's not over with. Mm-hmm. Please, on April 4th, if you can't merc- make it, <laughs> trust me. We've got the work to be doing. It's not over. You know, the wealthy, the powerful, the connected, the Wall Streeters, hating the White House, the white supremacists. You know, I should say that young Stephen uh, Clark was murdered in Sacramento in his grandmother's backyard. Eight bullets took him in the back. Twenty shots fired. And all he had was a cell phone. So, Tom, the work Mm. is out there. It's. It, it's like Black Lives Matter. Heather Hayard in Charlottesville, when the white supremacists and the Klan and the neo-Nazis marched, and they took her life. If you looked at her Facebook page, she said, if you're not outraged, you're not listening. Mm, mm, mm. And and just when you mentioned, although we're here in the East Coast, Sacramento's on the West Coast, you may feel that you can't impact or, or affect what's what's taking place out there. Uh, look out your look out your door wherever you're listening. Just look out your door. There's somebody your your neighbor, your your city council, your town selectman, your 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 taxation, your your mill rate. There's some ways that politics and its various permutations is affecting you with how often your garbage gets picked up, whether it gets picked up on time, potholes in the street. There's ways to become active that um, I, I think people kind of dismiss. And let me just give one example. I, I don't want to pick on my Hartford friends, but Albany Avenue uh, in Hartford is one of the uh, most treacherous roads in the major city to drive down in my, that I've ever experienced in the East Coast. And I'm not picking on Brandon McGee or, or Doug McQuarrie or the current, uh, or, or Luke Brone and the, the mayor, but just in terms of why, what's, 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 in, what's, been, what's been an impediment to have Albany Avenue paved, a major thoroughfare, just, just kind of think about it in that context. And again, so the disclaimer is Doug and Brandon and Bronin, I'm not picking on you specifically, but I'm just suggesting that whether it's from potholes to garbage to to uh, environmental issues, uh, to, to school equity, to, 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 to school funding. There's ways, so many ways for you to get involved. I think tonight the uh, New Haven Board of Education is meeting. Uh, if, if not, it, it's, it's every, every two weeks here in New Haven. So activism, you don't have to think that you have to be a Martin Luther King and give a mountaintop speech to kind of really, really be active and engaged in terms of just your fulfilling your civic responsibilities. When I, if you look deeply at the Poor People's Campaign, it is directly related to get out the vote. 
If you look at the Young People's March for Lives, it's get out the vote. If you look at the Women's March, it's get out the vote. Because I said, come on up for the rise and watch. Watch this November and watch the people rise. If you can't make it on April 4th, make sure that you make it on November 6th, Mm. 2018 Mm. and hit those polls because I'll tell you what, if we are silent and we are apathetic and we stay home, those political leaders will walk all over us, walk over our schools, our hospital, our elderly, our sick, our poor, our homeless. They will walk over us. So I say, you know, it's get out the vote. It's your patriotic duty. You can you serve your country really by voting. And I'm hoping that you vote for justice. And, and that's that's regardless of who, who, who whatever, politi- whatever politician or person on the on the ballot kind of represents in your mind the, the justice bearer. He, he could be a Republican. She can be a Republican. They can be an independent. They could be a people's uh, working party people working people's party uh, candidate, whatever candidate might, or even a write-in. So just the, the voting's important. And, and as again, as, as, as Jesse has, has alluded to, it's not just on election day in November or primary days in August, uh, but, but it's every day that you're voting for something. You're voting with your dollars. You're voting where you shop. You're voting um, who, who you give love to. You, you Sometimes you're, you give discretionary affection to some people and, and, and you ignore others. Just being, being, being magnanimous in your, in your whole spirit and your daily life and your daily, daily walk is so is is so important, and I think you get rewards from it, Jesse. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second and get you listening to the Tom Ficklin show. And Jesse Turner's here. Um, he's kind of an extremist. He's an, he's uh, 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 eccentric. Some people would say that Jesse's ex- extreme. He's an extremist. He's eccentric. He's uh, schizophrenic. He's uh, crazy. Others would say that he's passionate. That he's dutiful. That he's diligent, and that he's committed. So, with that being said, you have walked from where to where. I've walked from uh, New Britain to Washington. I've walked from uh, the eastern end of the state, some little town out there. Some women asked me to start at a little country store to D.C. I walked in 2010. I walked in 2015 trying to wake people up to this idea that if we can't save our public schools, then we can't save anything in our nation and if inequity and injustice resides in our public schools, if, if, if that's what dominates our public education in this country, then we're in a moral decline. And I, I was talking to Tom. I'm thinking about walking again this summer Indeed. because I want a revolution. I'm so excited about the teachers in, 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 in uh, West Virginia a- a- rising, Virginia, the a- teachers Arizona, in Chicago, Chicago rising, the teachers in Tennessee, the teachers in Oklahoma. In, in New Mexico, I think, or Arizona. In New Mexico and Arizona. We need a teacher uprising in this nation because we cannot, cannot have this vast inequity. It is not only destroying our children, it's destroying the working conditions. And if we can't tax a few billionaires to make life a little better for children, if, if me saying that is crazy, if that calls me radical, then call me the radical drum major for <laughs> equity and justice in our public schools. I'm proud of that label. <laughs> and I'll right. be walking again. And, and, and I, I want, I'm glad you kind of allowed me to kind of paint, paint that kind of continuum of how people see others. Because sometimes when you look at another person, you're looking at that person from your particular point point of view and from your vantage point. So you may have, you may not be able to be, be able to see that person straight on because you may be looking at him or her from, you may be clouded by your own perceptions. And, and again, I'll, I'll gladly say that, uh, 
uh, psychologists will probably come up with a term uh, for you after you've passed away in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the book because I, I joke and kid, but in all seriousness, there was this term when uh, slaves ran away. We were considered there was a psychological term ascribed to us as being, being crazy and, and not wanting to f- fulfill liberation. So the whole, whatever system it is, the political system, psychology system, the academic system, the, the school system, whatever governmental system, it does impact. And as you use the term domesticate, domesticate, domesticate and condition. So how do we uh, still become civil, but not to be dominated by, 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 by systems is, is always kind of a struggle. This was always the attraction to the work of Dr. King for me. Uh, You and I had a conversation this morning. When I was eight years old, I was in D.C. with my grandfather because no one from the Union Hall would go, no one from the church, no one from the community would go. Even my grandmother and my mother wouldn't go. For the March on Washington? For the March on Washington, and that's because they were afraid. People forget that people were afraid wherever black people were gathering, wherever people were marching for justice and in 1963, they were afraid people would be were being murdered. Mm-hmm. Four young black girls would be murdered just months after that march. So I, I remember that that Dr. King told us, yes, to speak up, but do it in a dignified way. Mm. Do it in a moral way. Don't step. Don't step back. Don't be afraid. Don't crawl. Don't beg. Stand up tall, but stand up righteously. And so I'm a follower of Kinsey and nonviolence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a follower of Dr. King. I've heard Reverend Barber. I'm, I'm friends with Bishop Selders. I hear him. I go to the nonviolence uh, training. So we're ready mm-hmm. for if we need to be arrested. And we don't want to be arrested. We don't want to be radical. What we want is for the world to understand that it's time for love. It's time to do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin show and Jesse Turner is with us. And Jesse, what's taking place again? Uh, it, it, it dawns on me that although we have a, a loyal audience and a faithful audience and folks that tune in on a regular basis on Mondays at 10, some people might be just joining us. So this Wednesday, what's taking place? All right. At this Wednesday at four o'clock, we have a remember rally on the Connecticut Supreme court on Capitol Avenue from four to four thirty. at four thirty. We will march over to the legislative office building and we will be online and we'll be singing songs and having speakers talk while we're waiting because it's a, a one single file metal detector into the building. So it's going to take us a while to get in there, but we're going to entertain you. We're going to give you an opportunity to speak up and to say what you remember. And then we're going to the legislators. We'll be meeting with them and then we're going to have a candlelight visual. So if you can get to Harford, to the LOB building between four and seven o'clock. I promise you won't be disappointed. Excellent. Excellent. Again, this is the Tom Ficklin show and, and you're, you're uh, listening to the best radio station on the, in the planet, on the galaxy. And even, even whatever, there's some unknown planets, they'll, they'll probably be tuning in at the, once they get, get, get this signal through a, through, through cyberspace. And we're broadcasting live from downtown New Haven and we're streaming live on TuneIn radio and also newhavenindependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook, so Facebook Live. So go to facebook.com slash backslash New Haven Independent or just uh, go to your Facebook Facebook page and, and look us up. Jesse, let's talk the Poor People's Campaign. I think people, uh, one of the questions I always ask, one of the questions I always, well, not always, but one of, one of the many questions I kind of pose to myself from time to time 
is what kind of speech uh, would MLK had given if the Poor People's Campaign had, had had taken place? I mean, he talked about really occupying D.C. and staying there. You mentioned the LLB, the Legislative Office mm-hmm. Building here in New Haven, here in here in Connecticut, rather, at our state capital in Hartford. But he was talking about uh, uh, arriving in D.C., staying there until there was a action and response and, and equity kind of legislatively uh, impacted. I mean, literally he's, he's talked about let's come to the poor people's March in terms of healthcare, take your young person to the hospital and don't leave until you're, you're, you're if you, until you receive medical service, medical services. He was really talking about, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's difficult to imagine um, what was going to take place, but he gave us some, some, some ideas of what was going to take place at the poor people's March, staying there and camping there and staying until, until justice rolled down. I mean, this was not kind of a, a, an ambivalent spurious kind of, kind of effort. This could have impacted his, his way we, we perceived him and our destiny. But at any rate, um, it's, it was a radical Dr. King. It's the radical King. We don't remember. And it's the radical King we should remember. So that idea, yes, occupy justice. Yes, occupy health care. Yes, occupy our people's capital. It's the people's capital. That Senate building, that's ours. That White House, that's ours. You know, that Congress, that's ours. This Capitol building, when we go to the LOB on Wednesday, that's not their building. That's our building. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. King knew that. And, and, and that's that piece it's time to occupy. We've been begging and crawling and asking for justice. You know, it says that I've said the prejudice so many times as a child. And it says one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. Please, Lord, just once let that be true. Mm, 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 mm. Um, re- re- really profound T- to a young person um, listening, Jesse, someone say under 30, someone well, even under 40, because you and I, quite frankly, everybody <laughs> looks looks young now, I guess, <laughs> regardless of their age. We're at, we're at that point. Mm-hmm. But I often, it's it's difficult for me to put myself in a young person's shoes. But what would you like like to say to them to keep them inspired and not kind of distracted about? Because, again, you're, you're trying to grow up. You're trying to maybe get married, maybe get a job. This kind of the, the, the bread and butter issues often confront the, you know, if you're 15, 16, 17, 20, 21, 30, et cetera. Uh, what would you like to say to them about, about, about their maybe even finding time to kind of engage in activities or to be reflective or to be proactive? First of all, I would be thinking that if we really look at this generation, they have been mislabeled. Where did black lives come from? Young people. This march on uh, for lives, this is young people. What do I see? Because I do work with young Indeed. people. This generation is different. When you talk about health care, they say, of course. When you talk about pensions, they say, of course. You talk about a living wage, they say, of course. They are a very different generation. Mm. And I can promise every elected official that the more and more this generation gets elected, justice is coming and it's going to roll down like water because they are a different generation. So what can I say to them? Keep keep dreaming. Mm. Keep fighting. Keep inspiring because you inspire me. I don't see a Generation X. I see a generation ready to pick up Dr. King's torch, already do it. When, when we saw young black men being murdered in our streets, 
by uh, in police shootings when they were unarmed. Did you not look at those people coming mm. in the streets? Mm. You know, Bishop Seldes like to say, I sure did see like half of that crowd. You <laughs> always look white to me. You know, they showed up. Mm-hmm. They showed up white, black, and brown. <clears throat> My daughter is 28 years old mm. when she lives in Queens. When Remember when they, they did the uh, uh, President Trump did that ban on Muslims? Yes. And yes. the first day at the airport, all of a sudden, my daughter texts me a picture. She's got a sign, New Yorkers to protect immigrant rights. And she's at JFK Airport. I mean, they're showing up. So what can I say to them? Keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Keep fighting. Don't ever let them tell you, no, you can rise up this nation. We need you. I'm proud of you. I love you. And like the Black Eyed Peas say, where's the love, y'all? <laughs> Harry, do you have any black eyed peas to roll or to play for us? No, I, we'll, we won't take we won't take up that that time. And, and you're right about art, the, the imp, impact of art, music, and culture. Absolutely, it certainly has 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 an impact. I want to shift. We haven't really discussed. You've been on. This is your second time on the show, and I want to appreciate want to publicly express my appreciation for your being here. And you're going to come back again. And, and Bishop Selders will 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 join us either in person or or over the air. Um, but economics, we really haven't talked about much, and it's it's easy, it's it's relatively easy to use words such as justice and and uh, fairness, et cetera. But we do have an economic system that, at the moment, uh, appears to be benefiting some and not others. And and how to kind of rearrange that we can have more of a collective benefit or a communal benefit is still is still in essence the struggle as well. Any any comments on that? Well, if you look deep into the heart of Dr. King's work, you can see that he definitely questioned capitalism. He definitely questioned an economic system that says that our work belongs to a few, that you could have a 1% that was lifted by the hard labor of the 99%. So yeah, economically, we have a battle to fight, and and I'm waiting for, for an for the young people to rise up, for the old people to say, yeah, we have health care. My, my mother-in-law was from Ireland. She just passed away. Mm-hmm. Betty Cullen, God rest her soul. But Betty never, ever had to lay out a dime, never had a copay uh, when, when, when she was dying for her cancer treatment. It was unbelievable. Nobody does in Ireland. You know, what is going on in here? How could we? She died with dignity. How could we do this to our elderly people? How could we let them die without dignity? How can we let young mothers, the orphan, uh, uh, the poor, how could we do this? They are our brothers and our sisters. I was at the Democratic Convention when Jesse Jackson made his speech when he was running for president. And he said, when he talked about the mass incarcerated, he said, they are our brothers. They are our sons. They are our sisters. So how could we do it? So I'm uh, economically, this is an economically unjust system. We can make it more just, but only, only if the people rise up, vote injustice out and vote justice in. We can do it. I, I, I reference that uh, as we kind of can wind down a little bit, Jesse, because the the fact that you'll, you'll be present at the state Supreme Court on this Wednesday uh, then over at the legislative office building as well, 
and also even just being in the midst of the legislators. We forget sometimes you don't even have to testify, but just to be present for the legislators to see you there, it has to impact to some degree how they see, think, feel, vote. Just, just they're, they're, to modify and manage their behavior. But, 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 um, uh, my, my point is that this summer and this November we have these. We'll have primaries for governor and Democratic side, Republican side. The uh, election for our next governor in in November and the economics of Connecticut will certainly be, I would say, primary. That's going to be the primary platform in terms of who who's 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 running and and their position on that. So whether it's the need for wealthy people in Fairfield County to kind of help our tax base, whether it's the need to tax them more, whether they're fleeing, just where our with GE leaving. So the economics of our, our, our little old state here is really going to be, in my mind, on the forefront uh, of this upcoming political campaign for, for governor, as well as for that matter, for your congressperson uh, and, and your state senator and, and, and your state rep. So p- p- listen, listen, participate. Uh, the, the, the status of whether we can change the capitalistic system by November might be a question, but how we tax people, the bills that are that are passed, uh, the budget, who's impacted by budget. I mean, just t- talk about, you've seen some of these negative budget ramifications that, that you're experiencing perhaps right now. Austerity budgets lead to austerity economies. We know Connecticut's economy is, is going down. And I say it's going down because we're not investing in infrastructure. My daughter moved to New York, works in New York, works at the UN, and she has a great job. And we went down there and you park your car, you don't get in your car again. You, you take the trains, you take the buses, multiple options. There's no secret that Amazon wasn't looking for a second headquarters in Connecticut. We don't have an infrastructure. We don't invest free tuition. New York's going for free tuition. Rhode Island's going mm-hmm. for free tuition. Massachusetts is going for free tuition. Guess where the hole in the donut is? You know, this state has not invested in higher ed. It hasn't invested, it hasn't invested in public ed. It hasn't invested in infrastructure. This state can become the next Alabama. It can be there. And I'll tell you what, we got a bunch of legislators who are saying, yeah, bring it there. So elaborate on that a little bit. Try to uh, put your ideological lens aside for a second, because I don't think you, you're saying that the majority of our state senators or state reps want uh, Connecticut to be uh, uh, less less than, than economically productive. Are you, but I think you are saying that sometimes they could be short-sighted about really what Connecticut should be in the future for our young people. Yeah, they can be short-sighted. Yes, Tom. Uh, they're short-sighted because if you want to grow an economy, you invest in it. Remember when they sent a man to the moon? Don't you remember the argument they used? They said for every dollar that we spent on the space program, we got $10 back. And we dominated the world in computers and iPhones and technology. And we did that because we invested in a wild dream of sending a man to the moon. We've done that. We've invested. We built highway systems. We did all that. Connecticut is not building for the future. And, and, and what they need is I don't really blame the legislators alone. It's because of us, Tom. See, the people have to believe mm. that mm. their children, their grandchildren, their state is worth investing in. Indeed. So to do that, yes, we need to raise some taxes. Yes, we do. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you don't raise them, we are going to bring this state. We are going to cripple it economically. And no one will come here. And, and no young people will want to live here. 
and the old people are already running to Florida. <laughs> or to Alabama, right? Yeah. <laughs> Again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and I'm kind of just chuckling, chuckling to myself because there's a counter-argument that because of, that Connecticut is overtaxed, and therefore that is leading to our economic uh, uh, downturn as well. So it's a, these, these economic issues and how you perceive and even define economics uh, is something that's going to be really on the, on the agenda as you listen to people that are running for, for, for governor on, on both sides, the Democratic and Republican side, and people that are running for your, whether you're a state rep or state, or state, or state, state senator is running for reelection or your congressperson, ask him or her to kind of, when you're at these public forums or text them or email them, what is their definition of economics? What's, what's their uh, ideas for, for economic growth and, and prosperity? It's really, re- really important, re- re- really important in, in my mind. Um, and again, Jesse, you and I will, God willing, we'll be here a few few more years, but but I'd like to kind of just reference that and ask the question in the context of my son or daughter or grandchild when they're, they may be unborn. For the unborn generations, what will Connecticut look like in 2050 and 2070 and, 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 and 3000? And what can we do now to kind of make the, that uh, make those days sunny days and not snowy days like like, like today? Uh, again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and Jesse Turner has, has been with us. Jesse, I want to give you... Give you the last word because April 4th is not necessarily a jump start. It's a continuation. It's a chance to kind of continue to kind of ride the wave of liberation and freedom uh, on April 4th as well as afterwards. On April 4th, we'll be at the state Supreme Court at 4 o'clock. We'll go over to the legislative building at 4.30. Uh, we plan to, to, to remember Dr. King in a solemn remembrance. Mm. This is not a radical action. This is a solemn remembrance. And we will have a candlelight vigil and legislators will be joining us. Mm -hmm. They've already told us we have Mm -hmm. a number of legislators and something to remember. This is not a blue or red issue. Mm. This is a moral issue, a justice issue. You mentioned the grandchildren, the future. Well, if we don't invest today, they won't have a future. Mm. So that's what this is about. This is about Helping our legislators, because what they need is they need to see us there. If they mm. don't see us there, they don't feel encouraged. We inspire. Mm. Mm-hmm. We lift. We motivate them. That's the people's house. If the people don't show up, then they're not going to show up. So please, please, Connecticut, come out on the 4th. Come out on Wednesday. Join us at 4 o'clock. Come for a half hour. Come for an hour. Stay for the whole three hours but stand up and then continue the fight Mm. this is a poor people's campaign it's not over there's a jew justice coalition labor is rising young people are rising women are rising it's not over we're just beginning the fight Mm. Mm. amen amen the struggle continues as you you reference frederick douglas in this is tom ficklin show jesse thank you so much you'll be back bishop selders will be, be, be back uh give a shout out to your your uh your blog i want people to really be aware of your blog uh-huh. i got it my my blog is children are more than a test scores all together. You just type it all together and you'll find that. And you can find about my thinking about education. They're quite strong. You can do that. You can also find me on Facebook. Just go in Jesse to walk a man, turn a boom, do a Google search. I pop up all over the place. You could also contact me at central Connecticut state university, Turner J at ccsu.edu. Just in case you have a child that's interested in some free literacy service. I love you. God bless Connecticut. And I'm happy to be a drum major for justice. Amen. Amen. Talk to you soon, everybody. Harry, thank you. Paul, thank you. And uh, thank you for just being being alive. Be vibrant. Stay well. Be healthy. 
Talk to you next Monday. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'm going to roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition. This new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you're stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working. Open curtains. Haters swerving because they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never going to give up, give up. Fall down. I just got to get up, get up. Because hey. this is my road. Let's camera action. I'm ready to go. Give up, give up, fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, hey Yeah, this is my run, let's camera action, I'm ready to go Way too long, we faced them storms, now you gon' face the dawn you waiting for I said from night to dawn, I write my wrongs alarm And competition with warnings, ice galore Now I'm running toward that my lights are finished Being a quitter, but little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section, they ain't willing to give up Know you getting knocked down, but you gotta get up I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, hey Cause this is my run Let's camera action, I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, hey.